Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. What up, everyone? This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, 10-year NFL defensive lineman, Leger Doosable, with my teammates, 15 years covering the Dolphins as a beat writer, NFL columnist, Omar Kelly, and the former player for the San Diego Chargers, which are the L.A. Chargers now, and Kansas City Chiefs, and was a pro bowler with the Chargers at the cornerback position, Brandon Flowers. How you guys doing, man? Deuce, what's going on, baby? Man, can't complain, man. We got a really, really big show tonight. It looks like Jimbo Fisher is backpedaling his comments and feelings about his former boss, Nick Saban. Maybe time truly does heal all wounds. We'll discuss that. And it looks like our former teammate, Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco, could be getting back in the boxing ring. Could be a possibility. But first, we'd like to send our condolences to Mary and Barbara's friends and family. The former Dallas and Chicago running back was found dead in his apartment in Frisco, Texas. And literally, uh, guys, I was talking about this off camera. I was like, damn, what is happening to our fraternity? Right. This this is crazy. We just saw, you know, Gladney yesterday uh, pass away in a car accident. Mary and Barbara, uh, Dwayne Haskins. It, it's yeah, it's I've, just it's, it's sad, man. I've, I've always known the off season, the months between May and July are when all the drama starts happening in the league and, and to, to all the players, because I've always had this theory that because, you know, when the season starts and training camp begins, your life is technically over. It your freedom, it becomes all about football. So you try to fit as much in as you possibly can in that month from the time you wrap OTAs to the time you report the training camp. But also when we're talking about Marion Barber, who'd been retired for a couple of years, one of my biggest theories is that that three-year stretch when you're retiring. And the life that you've had and built up and worked towards to have your 10-year career and have how many years? On 10, I retired. Yeah, 10. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we got two double digits. To have that 10-year career and all of a sudden, whether you voluntarily left or they closed the door on you, the question of what next, what now, yeah. all of a sudden it's, you know, your kids are staring you at the face and you got to go pick them up and take them to school. And, you know, and is that enough? And your wife is like, she's, she's tired of you in her face all the time and you need to go find a hobby and, you know, you're missing the locker room. And that leads to a lot of depression, a lot of divorce, a lot of depression. Yeah. It's, it's, it's important that you said that, right? Because I've, I've had some, some friends I played in the league that have dealt with some issues since retiring from the game and Brandon Flowers, you know, this man, when you've literally since some would say the age of five or six have had a set schedule of what your, you know, football career is and your school is. And then when you go to college what your football schedule in, you know, school is, and then when you get to the NFL, it's mainly just football, right? You know, that for six months of the year, you're going to be up there with the team, not with your family as much. Um, You probably see your family, what, two or three hours a day. If you have kids, you might see them right before they go to bed because you're getting out of practice six or seven o'clock. And then during the off season, you know, you're training to get ready to do it all over again for six months. But when, you know, the game is, you know, taken away from you or you retire, it's a totally, it's like a shock to your system. It's a shock to anybody's system. And we've seen numerous guys struggle, you know, once they left the game, like a good friend of mine, Demarius Thomas, who we lost not too long ago, uh, he was having issues with, uh, you know, walking away from the game and fig- figuring out what to do next. Um, Des Bryant uh, was talking about Marion Barber, uh, you know, a year ago, there was this famous play with Marion Barber. And if anybody knows, 
he's one of them old school running backs, right? Runs with physicality. Um, you're going to feel it when you tackle him. I remember there was a play, I believe, versus the New England Patriots years ago. It was like the greatest two-yard gain I ever seen in, in my football career. Like this dude was tackled in the backfield, broke like three or four tackles, shrugged about three or four defenders off and gained two yards. But that was just the way he played. And Des Bryant actually talked about that play on Twitter a year ago. And he said, as, as I watched this video and me knowing exactly how Marion Barber life is going right now today is why I built personal corner. Uh, at personal corner. I can't even enjoy it because he's down and out and bad. And we are just a stat in moments to most people. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just tough. Go ahead. And, and like you said, dude, it's like, that's our fraternity, man. man. So if something happens to somebody in the NFL, like we really feel it because that's our brothers. And we just always say, or we always wish we would have checked in on this man, person and checked on me? that person because we don't realize sometimes that and we don't know what was the cause of his death because it just happened. Exactly. But just speaking in general, yeah. when you're in a locker room every day, you can talk about your problems. You got your, your boys that talk about everything that's going on. But are you really having a conversation about you going through a divorce? You do. You actually talk about life. Your boys in the locker room, those are your therapists. You'll sit in yeah. the sauna or the cold tub and talk 100%. about everything about what's going on in life. I did not know this. If you yeah. don't, I'm telling you, like... So it's, it's, it's therapeutic when you're... That's the thing. It's a safe... That's why we try to create this safe space here. We call this the locker room because it's the same feel like there's numerous times shady could tell you me and him when we were in the cold tub on saturday because i was the only day i could get him to get in there like we talked about everything but football exactly. honestly right we're not talking about football in the locker room that's what we have meeting rooms for like this is how we decompress and get away because you know a lot of a lot of you know teammates have you know two or three kids may have a wife uh or not and they're just dealing with a lot off the field so like when you have those opportunities in the sauna you know in the cold tub in the hot tub you just want to talk about life. And to Brandon, you know, Flowers Point, like, I think about this constantly. Like, when I saw Bebe is what we call him, Demarius Thomas, I saw him at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. I think it was 2018. Um, and I hadn't talked to him in a minute. And we used to train together every summer. And I was like, Bebe, man, you know what? I got to keep up with you, bro. I got to do a better job. And he was like, yeah, man, we got to stay up with each other. And I didn't follow through on that. And yeah. I'll never get to do that again. And that affects me to this day. Because, again, this is a fraternity, man. Like, there's only a, a select few people, human beings that can do what we do on the football field. So I feel like we're just losing too many of our brothers in this fraternity. And speaking of other athletes speaking out, uh, you know, about maybe, you know, depression or mental health, not to say that Marion Barber is dealing with that because we don't know what the cause of his death is yet. But Tyler Lockett, you know, tweeted, you know, today, two years out of my seven years in the NFL thus far, I played through depression and anxiety and almost quit and had my best year. I played through trauma another year and had my best year. More of the story, just keep going. You never know what's uh, waiting on the other side. And, you know, that's that's a testament on him pushing through. But also, we also got to be comfortable with letting people know that we're not all right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. And, you know, we're always, as uh, athletes, taught to be warriors, right? You know, suck it up, get over it, you know, keep pushing through. But that's not the answer, man. You got to be able to talk to somebody and talk through things and figure out, you know, football isn't the only thing in life. It's, yeah. it's not the, the end-all, be-all. Well, go ahead, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember when uh, Brandon Marshall was coming out yeah. um, in terms of saying and acknowledging to the world, hey, I have a mental health issue and it's mm. called borderline personality disorder and I want to be the face of mental health. My initial response to him when he told me what his plan was, was don't do it. Mm. Why was that? Um, because I, I didn't think that the, 
I didn't think becoming the face of mental health in the prime of your career was a wise choice because everybody's going to stigmatize you, even though they don't even know what borderline personality disorder is. is they're going to be like, oh, he's bipolar. You see how he acts? No matter what he did, I felt like it was going to be tied to him. But Brandon proved me wrong and has shown the world that, hey, all of us go through things. All of us have growth that we need to do. All of us need to speak to somebody. 100%. And if you look at the, the it, I think athletes are doing a phenomenal job of showing the public the way, you know, how many conversations about mental health I have with my boys nowadays. Like that's literally all we talk about, mm. like what we're going through, bro. You could talk to me like, you know, you good. I just got a text from my best friend. Like you good, you know, cause yeah. And, and these are important things. And, 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 you know, as you guys know, as in the black community, you know, you got something going on. You need to go to church. You need Jesus. Mm, yeah. You know, you know, you got to give or, it to the Lord. Or, got... or barbershop. You go to the barbershop. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. When, I'm sorry, but it's important to speak to a trained professional. professional 100%. That can help you navigate some of your thoughts, some of your emotions, some of your feelings. And now it's, it's less, de it's less stigmatized because athletes like Brandon Marshall and, and and love and you know hell you got you look at Ben Simmons yeah. and you know everybody you know everybody's coming out and they're saying hey I'm not okay I'm yeah. going through something and Lord knows y'all NFL players boy y'all be going through it yeah we're we're humans just like everybody else I want to bring in our, our producer Evan I, I know he had some comments about everything we're talking about right now yeah so I just you know the information surrounding Barbara's death is um is minimal right now, but uh, Clarence Hill over at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram uh, posted a story saying, uh, he's got a quote from a Frisco police spokesperson saying, officers are currently out on a welfare concern, but we are unable to provide any further comment at this time. So they haven't formally confirmed it yet through the through law enforcement, but uh, Clarence, who's an excellent reporter, I'm yes, sure you yes. know Clarence, um, he's, he has multiple sources that have confirmed it. And I know Josiana Anderson is also confirming it. So Mary Barber was only 38 years old. He played in the NFL for seven seasons, uh, six of those with the Cowboys. And he was famously uh, one of the featured stars on Hard Knocks when uh, they featured the, the Dallas Cowboys uh, one of those years. Um, so, you know, a very obviously famous and, and he was a pro bowler 2007. Um, and it's, it's, it's a tragedy. We don't know again, what, yeah. what caused his death, but when that's reported, you know, we'll, yeah. It, in 2014, according to Clarence's story, that Barber had some mental health issues and was evaluated. And 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 this is, you know, it's an ongoing story that that he had been struggling with some some issues, and and people in the Cowboys community were concerned. Yeah, I mean, you saw what Dez tweeted out. So yeah, he was like he couldn't even enjoy the highlights of this man doing yeah, what he loved to absolutely. do because he knew. He was down and out, and, and, and to Brandon's point, man, you got to check on your strong friends. Yeah, yeah no, you have to. I, you have to check on on your people, man. I can tell you this: it's uh, oh, throughout the course of my career, there was a Pro Bowl player, you know, guy with the Dolphins that that I, I don't want to say his name, but you know, I learned after his playing career was over, he was going through some stuff, and they got to and and was trying to reach out and communicate with me, but wasn't making much sense. Yeah. And I was like, you know, Hey, we got to We got to get this guy some help yeah. and team tried. And, you know, he shut off the world. And, you, you know, it, while it's important to say, we got to get these guys some helps, they, they have control over whether or not they can receive it or not, or whether or not they can, they welcome it. And yeah. as many people tried to show him love and, and, and bring him, bring him back to, you know, 
help him help him deal with what he was going through. He he I don't know what happened to him, but you know, he he's he's they they their struggles out there. Yeah. Do you think this is a situation where the NFL do need to step in because oh. the numbers are getting so high where they have a program when you're retired, we're gonna have somebody with the blast ball club you played for or whoever you retired with, they're gonna check on you. Even if you might lie to them and tell them you're okay, but we're gonna start reaching out to you because we really wanna get these numbers down and we wanna address this mental health issue and make sure it doesn't because it's not just affecting the players. Yeah, you're seeing right. guys who's killing their whole families and it's affecting even if they I'm not saying this happened with Barbara, but people that do commit suicide or doing say whatever happened to anybody, mm. it affects not just them, it, it affects, affects their family, family. 100%. it affects the fraternity, the it fans, affects the league, yeah. the league. It, it affects everyone. So yeah. I, I think this and, is something that and it's and it's great that you mentioned that because I know it's the, the NFL legends or NFL PA, I think they do a brain and body uh function type thing. And I encourage everybody that retire mm-hmm. to get it done maybe get it done every five years i actually just recently got mine done last year because i just wanted to make sure my mental my brain everything was intact oh you sharp you sharp dudes you sharp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i mean but i mean like yeah we played 10 years yeah. you know so i played in d-line in the trenches so you just always want to make sure I know, and i know it's scary for nfl players to do this but i felt like i needed to do this just to your point right i have loved ones right i just mm-hmm. want to make sure everybody's good i'm good so i encourage any nfl player it's free for any nfl player to do it you know, get the, the brain and body function, you know, thing assessment done once you retire. I will say this. Uh, I will say there should be a baseline exam when you come in as a rookie mm, to yeah, know if there's point. any wear and tear because if they, they, they do do a baseline they supposedly do a baseline. It's kind of yeah. like, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to be honest, but they, it's not as in-depth as the one post-career. You know, you, you have to have the have a baseline to the same I test that you're doing. I think that's an important conversation. Why are they not getting here. the post-career evaluation at yeah. the beginning of their career? I think that's a good conversation. Uh, it's 100% a good conversation. Like, there should be, as Brandon said, a, a baseline. They don't want to know their damage, To what though. you were as a rookie than what, than what you are when you're leaving the game because, obviously, some things have changed. You all that. There's no way you have that much contact and things don't change within your brain, within your body, period. And like, it shouldn't just be for brain. It should be for your whole body. Yeah, like, you know, I the agree. difference between when you came in as a rookie, spry, and once you leave the game, it's a, you're making a face, I'm, make, I'm making a face because I'm, I'm looking at, I'm thinking to myself from the NFL, you know how they fighting y'all already on concussions and, yeah, and, 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 you know, they don't want proof and evidence that they jacking y'all up. But I think that's saving them too, because what if you have a baseline where it says, hey, we check you every year. You just come in. If you get to a certain point, like, yo, we got to come talk because now we're I'm, starting I'm to see some I'm not damage. participating and, in that. And and now well, you you're looking at the thing. Now you be honest. Yeah, then now you got to sign a contract. They're saying, well, you can't sue or you can't ask for any money after. If you opting out of this where you don't want us to examine you, the then you can't. Go for that. The PA is probably not going to no, go for that. No, I'm, I'm not letting you examine me so you can use it for another way to shake me down. You cut, cut you or pay you less. Cut me and yeah. pay me less and justify putting a younger, cheaper player in my spot. Well, I'm not doing that. I think it's trust. Yeah. And you know, y'all don't trust the NFL. No. Yeah, I think it has to be trust on both sides, but I also think like players have to be honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a hard thing for us to do, right? We don't want to potentially go to a team and say, "Yo, I'm having issues," because, like, to your point, Omar, if I got a family, I got to take care of. Like, I don't want them to use that against me and pay me either less money or cut me, and now I can't, you know, can't provide for my family. So, I mean, it's it comes down to you knowing what's best for your well being, and and again, right. 
you want to go out there and make a living for your family, but you also want to be around for your family. So to me, that's that's the most important thing. So we just want to give a condolences condolences again to Marion Barber and his family, uh, gone way too soon at the age of thirty eight. Um, it's just a sad situation. We got to we got to stop losing our fraternity brothers. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast in conversation every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Visser my hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my teammates Omar Kelly and Brandon Flowers. We switch over to the NBA, and it seems like Kevin Durant and Draymond Green are back at it again. Now, the Golden State Warriors are prepared for their sixth NBA Finals appearance in eight season, and the former champion and teammate of Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, kind of has a love-hate relationship with him. So uh, on Tuesday, Kevin Durant tweeted at Green's comments that Steph Curry faced double teams at a higher rate during the NBA Finals than he did was 100% false. So here are, you know, Draymond Green's original comments as he appeared on Colin Cowherd's podcast. Kevin Durant was absolutely incredible in those Finals runs. As you know, you watched it. We all watched it. Kevin Durant was absolutely insane. Steph Curry got double teamed probably seven times the amount that KD did in a, in a given series. So when you watch those games and you say, ah, his numbers could be a little down. He's facing a double team. And by the way, this isn't a double team from the Orlando Magic. This is a double team from a team that's playing in the finals. This right. is elite teams throwing elite defenders at guys. And yet the guy will still averages. I, I'm, I'm not sure what his finals average is, but I'd be willing to bet my bottom dollar is north of 23 points. And so the impact that he has on the game, if you don't understand basketball, not understand a stat sheet, if you don't understand basketball, which most people don't in your space, then yeah, you're going to come out and you're going to say, he needs to validate that by finals MVP because that's all you can see. You then go and you say, oh man, this guy won finals MVP. That must be the guy who's doing X, Y, and Z. But if you can analyze the game and see, that's when I say new media, that's where I feel like this space is going to rock. No one analyzes the game anymore. That's a lost skill. And if you have the potential or if you're capable of analyzing a game, then under no circumstances are you going to say Steph Curry need a finals MVP to validate who he is. I want to know, first and foremost, before we continue this conversation, how the hell did my Orlando Magic catch a stray? <laughs> and then he kind of gave one to Colin Carhart, right? He was like, people like you don't understand the intricacies of breaking down film. But that boy was just at stray here. Kevin Durant caught a yeah. stray. The Magic caught a stray. He just media, gave a stray. Media in, gen- in general. Yeah. Listen, I will say he kind of have a point. He does though. have a point about that. Hold on, wait a minute. He was not, Steph Curry was not doubled seven times more than Durant. But this is this is what I say. Did he's, you see the film on one? That's what I'm saying. He's only <laughs> So when he said, when you dive into the game and you know the analytics, like, I don't know that he plays basketball. Yeah. So he knows like, it might not have looked like a double team, but the way the spacing was like, he can say, trust me, he was double team. It's almost like if Eric Donald only get one sack, 
and Von Miller got four sacks. Like, oh, Everybody Von, say yeah, Von, Von went up with it. Like, bro, they got three offensive linemen on Von. Like, y'all yeah, wouldn't Rogers. pay attention to I mean, that because y'all just looking at the sack. But if y'all break Facts. down film, every play, Aaron Donald's getting hit and y'all thinking his play is going down and this and that. So when he's talking about going inside the lines and people don't dissect inside the lines, I say he has a point there. Now, mm. as far as Kevin Durant catching the stray, definitely caught a stray. And I, I, I took offense for, for, for Durant. For the Slim Reaper? Uh, yeah, I took offense <laughs> for Durant because that was an unnecessary. You could cape for your present teammate. Yeah, yeah. And, and I respect that. And, and we're talking about his legacy, which this 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 series is probably going to define. Yeah, I mean, this is where all this stems from. It's, it's does, you know, yeah. Steph Curry need to win a finals MVP People like Antoine Walk over here, you know, putting disrespect on Steph Curry's name. I think if you win, saying, saying, you talk okay, yeah. Durant, you know, Durant, you got to take away from his legacy. Kevin Durant. Because of, of Durant. <laughs> so, it, I mean, I, I would, you know, you, we all know Durant's sensitive. <laughs> and, and you got to understand the relationship, too. He loved, like... uh Draymond loves Curry. That's 100%. his guy. That's, that's his guy, guy yeah. that's getting him championships. Probably got beef. Yeah, yeah, they got yeah. beef. So it's like if you dissect that, it's like Durant. I respect you, but you got to catch this straight. This is my boy <laughs> right here. Like, yeah, you got the MVP, but you know we kind of got this going on. You can catch this all day, Curry. What's up? Like, I think if you dive into it a little bit more, like he kind of wanted to throw that straight out. Yeah, there. And, to, and to me, I don't think Steph Curry needs to do anything else to solidify his legacy. But I think if he does win the final the NBA Finals and the Finals MVP, I think a discussion has to be had of him potentially being a top 10 player in the, in the NBA history. I would ask you this. If he wins another championship this year, he got as much rings as LeBron. If he gets the six, which he can, do you put him in the MJ category? That's a good discussion. I don't no. know. He's lost it's too tough. many Finals. He, he, you know what? We're going to discuss that when we, we, we get back. To. We're going we're gonna to discuss that because that Brandon Flowers brought up a really good point. We're talking about Steph Curry beef flow. Actually, Brandon Flowers asked a really good question. If Steph Curry is able to get over the hump this year, wins a ring, and wins one to two more, do you technically put him in, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron, James stratosphere? And he made some compelling points. So I'm going to go ahead and, and give you the mic and let, and let you explain that, B-Flow. This is why I say you have to put uh, Steph Curry in that you category. Put Kevin Durant yeah, in there. You <laughs> <laughs> this is why you got to put Steph Curry in that category. Because yeah. he's going to win four championships, right? I got them winning this, this finals. I got you, Boston you, winning this one. You have just as many <laughs> rings as LeBron right now, yeah. who's they comparing Jordan to as the GOAT. Mm-hmm. And if he can get to five and six, which I think he should, because Golden State, they, they have a great foundation. Yeah. And even if he's not the guy that got to score 35 a game, he's a shooter. His game is not going to leave. Even if he comes off the bench in five years and be a six man, like a, yeah. you know, just like a shooter, like Ray Allen, he still exactly. is going to be beneficial. He can still be part of a big three for some team, even if he's the third guy. So right now when he's in his prime and he's the best guy on the team and he's getting this fourth ring and he's not losing as many finals as LeBron right now. Ooh. He only lost one finals and that was Ooh. to LeBron. He shouldn't have lost that one. He shouldn't have lost that. That's when yeah. Draymond went out. It's like yeah. a compelling category. He already has the title as the best shooter ever, ever to put on his back as a label. I mean, how can you not put that comparison there? I, he did, he didn't switch no teams. Before I give it to you, oh, he didn't switch teams. I, love that. I, do, I do love that about him. He stayed there. Where he got drafted at, made it work there, was the mm-hmm. best player. Turned the, the franchise team. around. Turned Literally. it around. Yeah. Listen, um, 
one, we always forget about Kobe in this conversation. We jump from LeBron to Jordan. I'm sorry, in between LeBron and Jordan, there's Kobe. Two different generations. Exactly. Two different eras. Respect on the being name, man. But you know, I I will acknowledge that last week Antoine Walker kind of threw a monkey wrench into into my thought process on on Steph Curry being a top 10 player in the NBA. I, I would, I was saying, and I was making the argument that I would replace Larry Bird with Steph Curry. Um, into if, that he won, 10, if he won this, if ring. he won this ring yeah. into that top 10 conversation. And Antoine was like, well, you, I, I don't even put him over Isaiah Thomas because he doesn't even play. He He's not a complete he affect, player. He doesn't affect the he's, game besides he's shooting, the best. Yeah. He's the best shooter in, in, in NBA history, but that's all. Mm. To me, it's not all because the way he shoots the ball, it opens the floor up so much. So that's how he get his teammates better. He opened the floor up so much and he can get to the cup if he want to. Mm-hmm. Because of how the defense is playing them, and then the crazy handles too. Crazy Besides handles, Kyrie probably crazy the best handles, handles in, the, in the game. But so, he get you don't agree with that? Yeah, but I mean, so that, that's the issue. So if you look at the guys in the top ten for most people's top ten, they affected the game on the offense and defensive side. You talk about a Bill Russell. You talk about a, a Kobe Bean Bryant. You talk about Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Will, um, Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, they affected the game offensively. And even Larry Bird, I think, had three team, uh, three first-team all-defenses uh, three years. So, I mean, they affect the game on both sides of the ball. So, that was, uh, you know, um, Antoine's argument. And before that, I was like, how could you not put Steph Curry in the discussion if he wins the forward? But then... When he put that out there, I was like, eh, it kind of makes sense. But are we not going to throw in that the game has changed? Back then, you did play both ends, and it was always a 84 to 82 game. Like, nobody's really point. playing defense. The score is always uh, in the 110s and uh, yeah. 120s, but that's, his special. that's what he does. Defense. That's his Marcus Smart play defense. Jason Tatum uh, plays defense. Yes. But do they play both ways? That's all they do is play defense. They don't play in scores. Maybe well, only I don't know. Three. Tatum doing this playoffs is, is locked in on both sides of the ball. Man, Tatum is all right. You got you three players. <laughs> <laughs> You have three players, maybe four, maybe that'll yeah. play offense and defense throughout the whole league mm-hmm. in the past couple years. So the game has just evolved, and that much emphasis isn't put on a, a defensive player. And look yeah. at his statue; he's not six six that can sit down. Three, and, yeah, yeah he, he can't sit down in the paint and play defense. That's yeah. like that's his weakness. Well, Every player got well, a weakness. That's what, just his weakness. What about his steals? What about you he know, is one of the best. Uh, I think he's he's always in the top as far as steals per game. So he's crafty. I'm not saying he's a, he's, he's sometimes a liability on defense because he's smaller. Guys are able to back him down, but he's real crafty. He knows how. To steal the box, I just want to bring in our producer Anthony because he he has been batting the table for Steph Curry going into the top ten. So so what what do you feel about B Flow's argument and, and adding Steph Curry in there? I know you're you're happy about that. No, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like Stephen Curry is as you said, like the best shooter has ever played in the NBA. But the one counter argument, I'll go on my against myself a little bit here to what B Flow just mentioned. I, we can never say that Stephen Curry was the most dominant player in the season. We could say that about Jordan. We could say that about Kobe. We could say that about LeBron. We could say that about Shaq. The people that are in the top five, Will Chamberlain, I'll go down the line. We can never say that Stephen Curry was the most dominant player. I, I, I could water down your argument by saying that nobody that you had the, that, that that's in this conversation had a more complete team. I mean, maybe Larry Bird had Larry Bird had a really good team. He had a great team. Yeah. I mean, Larry Bird and the Lakers, you know, they were a phenomenal team. But, you know, Steph Curry had a has a great team. 
Hey, it, excellent. It, but the thing is, those dudes were drafted there. It wasn't like yeah, they were nah. spent in free agency. But but that's that's to old point. He doesn't need to be that dominant because yeah. he has people that can also be dominant with him. So if you don't have to do that, it's like we almost punishing him for being unselfish and being a team player when this is a team game. I love Michael Jordan. To me, he will always be the number one player. But let's let's put it into perspective. Until Scotty got there, Mike didn't win any ring. So you need but help. he was a young. He was a dog he was, on defense. He was, and he was learning. He was learning. He was adjusting. He, you know, but he would have never won it if Scotty never. Got yeah, there. somebody, but, somebody yeah, else would have got there. To your, but do you think Jordan would have won Scottie, it? Scotty's a, a top player. twenty-five yeah. player. Yeah, obviously, he might be a top forty player in the league. Top yeah. twenty-five. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, Scotty got six rings too. Put some respect on that man's name. Nobody won it by themselves. Name one player that won it by themselves. Nobody's really never won it by themselves. Everybody at least had a Robin. Then they started going to three. So, yeah. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my teammates Omar Kelly and Brandon Flowers. And we're discussing Steph Curry, potentially, if he wins the NBA Finals this year and wins MVP of the Finals, moving up into that thin air, that stratosphere of top 10 players. Why, why is NBA that important, history. too, by the way? I mean, I think it's just a right of passage, right? Like you, you want to be known as a top ten player ever to play the game. Like that is it going to is it going to change his post life career? Nah, he'll is be it, a hall of famer regardless. Is he going to be on TNT a little bit more often? No, I, I think it's just transcending him to you. Always play the game to try to be the best That's ever. 100%. So if you're cracking that top ten and you continue to win championships, they might put you as the best player ever you got to crack something to be the number one player so i think that's it that is what it's doing for him it's putting him in a conversation to work in the way working his way to being the best ever i am athlete tonight is part of the sirius xm sports podcast network support i am athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review that's a big deal guys stop being lazy pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast want more catch the full two hours of i am athlete tonight weekdays at 7 p.m eastern on mad dog sports radio sirius xm channel 82 go to siriusxm.com backslash iaa tonight trial to start your free trial today Serious XM Podcasts.